live from the J.C. Newman Cigar right. Studios in Boston, Massachusetts. Welcome to the Smokin' Tobacco Show with your hosts, Matt Tobacco and Smokin' Nicole. And ladies and gentlemen, good evening and welcome to another episode of the Smokin' Tobacco Show. My name is Matt Tobacco from SmokinTobacco.com. I am joined once again by my beautiful fiance, Miss Smokin' Nicole. And we have a very special guest with us tonight. Um, we have Mr. Henderson Ventura, Ad Ventura Cigars, with us, who I think we just lost his video. Henderson, are you still there? There he is. There we go. And I'm here. I, I will say this, Henderson, you are in the spotlight because you are the guest tonight. But potentially making a cameo appearance on the show is Ronnie Haysha is with you as well. Yes. <laughs> so I just figured I'd throw that out there, too. Uh, well, Henderson, welcome to the show. Uh, we're really excited to have you here. I don't think you. Buenos this is tacos. your. There he is. Uh, we haven't had you on the show before. Um, we are both lighting up Adventurous cigars. Uh, what are you smoking tonight? I'm just smoking a prototype of a new blend that I'm working on. Oh, interesting. All right. Fair enough. Well, Fair enough. <laughs> what are you smoking? We are both smoking the Navigator. Right Navigator. Nice. So far yep. is very good. Um, now, this cigar is not available at twoguyscigars.com, but they do carry other cigars from Ventura. So you can head over there and you can check out what they do have. I know that they have um, the Queen's Pearls and some of the other ones, but I don't think they have this one, but they have some of the others. So head over to twoguyscigars.com and check it out. That's the number two guyscigars.com. Well, Henderson, like I said, we're really excited to have you here. Um, you know, your family has been in the business for a while. Uh, I know your father's in the business. You know, your family has a factory. There's so many things we could get into. Why don't you give us the um, kind of the quick the quick history of kind of you and your family in, 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 in the tobacco business with making cigars? Man, uh, thank you uh, for having me on the show. It's uh, more than a pleasure for me to be here. Um I hope that you guys are enjoying the cigar right now. Um, hello, everyone there that is watching the show. So, Henderson Ventura, man, I'm, I'm a 32-years-old guy. I started to work in the cigar business when I was 17 years old. So, everything started with my dad. Uh, my dad being in the business over 40 years, he started to roll cigar when he was 9 years old. So... And then he used to work for a big corporation back in the days. And in 2007, he decided to open his own factory. And that's when I came in, you know, to work on the cigar business full time. And I was uh, managing the factory for a few years. Uh, then uh, I did everything that you need to do into a cigar factory to get the cigar done, you know, for the first process, to the last process. Uh, this this being my career, uh, the only thing that I that I did in my life was uh, to work in a cigar factory. That's been a, a family culture. Every single fa uh, every single member of the family work in the factory. Every single member of the family smoke cigars. So it's a family thing. We've been all around supreme in cigar man. And 2016. Uh, I after we after I have the chance to work with a lot of boutique brands uh, that we develop in the factory, um, I decided to to uh, 
got together with Marcel Norbert from Switzerland. Uh, that is a, a sommelier there, and he also has a cigar store in Switzerland, in Zurich. And, and we decided to create Aventura together. And and that's how Aventura burned in 2016. We're starting the distribution in Switzerland and in the Dominican Republic. Then we uh, expand that to the rest of the European market. And and then in 2019, we started to, we launched the brand in, in the into the United States. So, uh, Aventura is a brand that been that been that been in the developing for six years now. Uh, I will say we finally gained so some more attention and more hype in the American market when we launched the Warrior Return uh, uh, line. So that is the Queen's Pearl and the King's Gold. Mm-hmm. That was uh, the two cigars that become the more relevant from the brand and. And and right now I think we kind of the peak with the with the brand like uh, in a nice position uh, with a lot of boutique smoker. I appreciate appreciating like what we've been doing for a while. You know all the love and the passion that we've been putting on the brand. Uh, so this has been it, man. Uh, from the factory side, from the factory side. Um, we are a boutique factory. Uh, is run by by the family. Uh, every single member of the family run a different department of the of the company. Uh, is very boutique. We work a lot. We age tobacco, ready tobacco. They are hard to to grow, and and so the whole goal we us is to create like a, a Dominican cigar with a very unique flavor profile coming out of the Dominican Republic. My dad have a long, a long history in the cigar business. He have his own style for blending. I'm like the young generation, uh, the never been in another cigar factory before, and and I don't follow any rule, you know, from another company. I don't follow any rule from any of those old guys in the cigar business. So I started to blend cigar when I was like uh, 19 years old. And and everything was like uh, to create a cigar that tastes different. So I think um, there's a there's a, some of the feedback that we have from some of the uh, of the adventure lovers and some of the fans from the factory that they say like when they smoke a cigar coming out coming out out of out of our factory. It's like a fresh air for them, you know. It doesn't taste like anything else on the market. It doesn't taste like any Nicaraguan. It doesn't taste like another Dominican cigar. So, I think that's been. Uh, I think I hit the point, you know, in terms of blending, uh, concerning of make the difference of why is the a style for blending and the different tobacco that we use here. Yeah, I, I will tell you, <clears throat> in my experience, you know, smoking a lot of the stuff that's come out of your factory, both the stuff from your own brand and some of the other brands that you guys make cigars for, um, they're all consistent. Whether it's, you know, and, and again, whether you know, it doesn't matter like what brand or what band is on the cigar, everything I've had out of the factory is, is consistent across the board on all levels. Um all the cigars are different, sure. The blends are different, the flavors are different, 
um, you know, what have you. Each cigar is its own profile, and I think you guys do a good job at that. But the other big thing that I think is a good thing and, and such an important part is that there's just such a consistency with just not only just the quality of the construction, the way it's rolled, the draw, the, the quality of the tobaccos that you guys use, the, the wrapper tobaccos always look, you know, very nice, very clean. Um, the cigars smoke well, they burn well. Um, I know there's, there's some cigars, you, you know, you've done for Room 101 that I've, I've had and they were fantastic, you know, just the flavor was right, the, the flavor complexity was good. Um, just really across the board. And when you make cigars, and, I've, and we've had this discussion with some other, you know, brand owners and factory owners before who, you know, they make a lot of cigars for other brands, but they also have their own brand. Like we had this conversation with Nesta Placencia. You know, Placencia is another one of those factories. They make a lot of cigars for a lot of people, and now they're just, they're kind of starting their own brand as well. Um, very similar situation, and, and I feel like there's definitely a, a challenge when you, you know, you've been in the business of just manufacturing cigars for everyone else for so long, and then you kind of take a step back and you say, well, let's just, let's release our own brand. It's our own line. We're going to make our own cigars for ourselves, have our own name on it, and put it out there. That's got to be a huge challenge as well, because it's not just making them and sending them out, and that's someone else's problem to go and promote them and sell them. Now you have to manufacture them, grow the tobacco, roll them, age them, and then you still have to go out there and sell them and promote them too, which is I know a lot of people have said was, was one of the biggest challenges for them to overcome. Is that something that you guys really felt was a, a challenge when you finally brought your own brand to market? Uh, I mean, it's a big challenge because uh, I'm a factory guy, 100%. I'm that guy that I want to be on the farm. I want to check that tobacco leaf when they grind. You know, I want to check that tobacco leaf when they're fermenting. Uh, I love the process. I love to be in the factory. Uh, imagine I spent my whole life into a cigar factory, you know, uh, breeding tobacco. And, and, and also translating the passion and the, and, and, and the love for cigar and tobacco to the people that work in the factory. I mean, for us, it doesn't mean to have just another employee. It just doesn't mean, it means to have another role in the factory. I want those people to have the same passion and the same motivation as I have, you know, to create something great, to, uh, um, you know, bring a great cigar into the market. And you need people that love cigar and that love tobacco to, have, you know, to create them. So um, it was a big challenge for me. Uh, because I wasn't used to be on the road. Uh, also, like uh, to understand what people want, what people think about a cigar, how the cigar smoke, di how different smoke the cigar between Dominican Republic and Tiago, that we have like 80, 85 percent humidity here on the uh, uh, outside, with uh, with like a 65 in the winter. And, and like a 90, 90, 95 on the, on the summertime. And, and, and then you go to the north, let's say, uh, New York, Pennsylvania, all those uh, states, and the cigars smoke different. Then you go to Texas and smoke way different. Then you, you go to Florida. You know, to experience that, when you, when you create the blend, and you know how the cigar tastes like. You know how the blend tastes like. 
and then you go to another uh, uh, territory that the cigars smoke way different to to what you think is gonna taste. Um, also, the experience of how the cigar smoke is is way different. Sometimes when a, a light wrapper cigar have more humidity that you're in Florida, maybe it tastes like a more creamy, or maybe it tastes a little bit more bitter. But when you have like a full body cigar that like for Dominican Republic is like a super strong cigar, and then you go into the north that the weather is like a 20, 20 degrees, that is freezing almost, that the cigar is more dry, that you have a Maduro wrapper, like a Habana Maduro, that is very oily, that is burning perfectly, and and uh, and the cigar doesn't taste that strong. You know, it's a, it's a big difference. Also, for me to be knocking doors on, and trying to have people to try my cigar and, and open doors so for some of the great retailers that are in the United States, you know, and do cigar events, you know, that was a, a whole different thing for me. Uh, also, to understand the distribution channel on the, in the state, it was a whole different challenge for me. So it, it was like I was out of my conform sun, you know. So, but it was great, you know, to have the opportunity to put like all your idea and all your criteria into a cigar, uh, how I want to present my cigar. Uh, how I want the labels looks like, how I want the the boxes look like. Um, it, it was an amazing experience. Also, the blends. So there is blend that maybe I present that blend to one of my client back in the days. It was in his profile. And now I'm using that blend into an Aventura cigar that I thought it was a great blend while my daily rotation in the factory. I used that blend in my in my brand and people love it, you know. Every brand owner uh, have a different palette and have a different idea how the cigar should be, and that's what makes the difference. Quality-wise, in our factory, we just make premium cigar, uh, and everything that we're trying to get is, is to be it should be super unique. For us as massive blender and to be running the factory here, always the best cigars, the last cigars that we do, because every time that we create a new blend. We want to do the best. Like, uh, we want to improve whatever we did in the past. So, for me to have my own brand, man, uh, it's been very magical for me. The whole concept with the Aventura, it was like a, to go back to the root of how everything started with the, with the, with the tobacco business. It was like when the Europeans went to the discovery uh, a new continent, new lands, and they got into the American continent, a new war, and they got into the Iceland, the Caribbean, the Dominican Republic, uh, Cuba, uh, and they saw the local people there smoking tobacco. You know, that was something new. And they started to import that uh, into the European countries, and they started to commercialize uh, cigar and tobacco into the European countries. And that's how everything started. That's why Adventura the first line that we released, it was called the Explorer. Then the second one, we, it was the Navigator. Then we have, after you explore and navigate, then you conquer. And that's why the third line was is named the Conqueror. Uh, then after you conquer, you bring back the goods to the Roger family. 
And that's why it's called it the royal return. It was a gift to the queen and a gift to the king. The queen's pearl and the king's gold. So, it, 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 you know, it's not just about cigar. It's also about the story. It's also about the concept. Uh, it's also about the meaning, you know. Uh, so, it, for me to be working on my own brand is is like a translating of about everything that I believe into the cigar culture and to the cigar war, you know, bringing that to the consumers. Absolutely. I, you know, and I, and I like the concept of the, of the story and the theme that you guys have gone with. And I, and I, I like how I like, I like the old school vibe of it. And a, a lot of people will talk about the early days of cigar rolling and the early relative history, but you actually take this all the way back to the all very, the very back. beginning to the, to the discovery of tobaccos from the Europeans. Uh, I like it. It's something yeah. different. I really like that. Um, I'm wondering like where he can go next. <laughs> I know. Like, <laughs> like what I, are the other I'm like, how, how, how do they continue to expand on this? <laughs> this is a, this is a cool concept. Um, now having a cigar factory that produces so many cigars, um, for so many brands. Now you introduce your own brand. Do you find yourself trying to, when you create cigars for Adventura, do you find yourself trying to be exceptionally different and using, uh, the best tobaccos that you have for your own brand because you want it to be that special? Uh, I mean, the thing is, like I told you, I never follow any rules. And 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 sometimes I I enjoy more when and I get super excited when I taste any tobacco that I think is very unique or any, com- any combination of tobacco that I th- believe that is something very unique and different. And that's when I get excited and I create a new blend most of the time. Uh, but every cigar owner, every brand owner, they have uh, a different flavor profile, different palette. You know, mm-hmm. if I ask you, uh, man, do you ever have an idea to create your own brand? And you, you know what? Like, uh, I would love to. But I never took the decision yet. But if you love to have your own brand, because maybe you think you want to create a cigar that is for you, right? How do you think that can be uh, like uh, the ideal cigar for you? And you can explain me now. Listen, I love Habana. I want to create like a, the best Habana cigar, medium body or mild, or full body, like some spicy with some sweetness. And you're going to translate that to a master blender. What are you looking for into the cigar? So by the end of the day, the decision of a blend is made by the owner of the brand, not by the master blender. I can, right. I can translate whatever uh, uh, idea or imagination of your pilot into a cigar. So when I create cigar for my own brand most of the time i'm i'm like uh, oh we have the habana we have the connecticut we have the broadleaf we have everything between mild to medium to full range and now we miss something super full or or maybe we have a habano but that habano that we have is more into the spiciness and we want to create something like a nice habano with more sweetness you know, like a more old school or whatever, you know, different flavor profile. So 
you always have like a space to create different stuff. And I feel like I go with the moment. So like I feel like we're missing this right now, and that's what I'm gonna look for. Yeah, but I I'm create. I'm playing with the tobacco all the time. I'm in the factory every day. Right. So I always playing with tobacco around and always blending new cigar. So I can tell you, maybe I have the the next ten blends that I'm gonna release in the next ten years. You know, it's just a, a fact of what I'm gonna pick for the next one. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, that's got to be being in the factory all the time, being around the tobacco all the time and having the opportunity to constantly be tasting different stuff, um, putting different tobaccos together, just whether you're trying to find a new blend or you're just kind of experimenting with what tobaccos work well. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, you know what? I, these two are like are awesome together. And you make that mental note. Maybe you revisit that later. You that that has to be definitely an advantage over some brands who who maybe don't get to spend that kind of time in the factory or in the field, because uh, you're always there. You're always around. You're always tasting everything. You like you said, you can come up with ten more blends, um, probably and probably quicker than a lot of brand owners can because they're not always down in the factory. They're not always down in the field. So I definitely feel like that's an advantage of having your own brand when you have your own factory. Uh, you, you have more, you have more time. You're more connected to the resources. Uh, you're able to really create and innovate um, more often, which, you know, like you said, sets you up for for more plans in the future going forward. I mean, I mean, I will tell you this, man. Uh, I'm pretty much everybody that we work with, uh, we have like a very close relationship. Uh, that is like a family. Our business is like a family business, and that's how we treat everybody that comes into our into our company. Mm -hmm. So I'm very close with every one of those guys that produce their brand in our factory, and I know them very well, and I know them for years. So sometimes it can be maybe I have advantage of them to create, you know, to came out with a blend like I write this. Or can sometimes can be a bigger challenge for me because I, when I'm creating something for myself, I'm never satisfied. Sometimes I give you a cigar to you to try that I think can be a good blend. You're gonna tell me like this is it, this is the blend. Right. But me, I'm as a blender that I'm I'm maybe I go a little bit deeper on the on the tobacco tasting. Uh, uh, a smoke simulation in your mouth, all those details. Uh, you know, sometimes it's a little bit tougher for me to make a decision into a blend. I create the many blends that uh, people tell me, like, this is a great blend. I'm like, uh, it's good, but it's not even close to what, I, what I'm looking for. Or I feel that I'm missing a lot. Sometimes I take like a two years to come out with a blend. Sometimes I take two years or a year developing a blend, like working detail by detail. It can be a good cigar, but for me, it's not great, you know? And I want, I'm, I'm very perfectionist. I like the cigar to be perfect. I want the experience of the smoke to be perfect, you know? And always trying to take the things to the next level. So the advantage also of the people that make cigar in our factory is as I'm playing with tobacco all the time, every time that I smoke a tobacco or I make a blend that I'm like, that cigar is this guy profile. 
man, I got you a blend. You need to try this. I send a sample. Like, this is a cigar that you're going to love because I already know their flavor profile. I know what they like. I know what they're looking for, you know? Absolutely. Uh, so, so I, I, every, we work like a team, man. Everyone that, that, that makes cigar in our factory is like a team. Also, not just that. Because it's not just me, Henderson Ventura, and the factory. It's, it's a whole family. My dad is a, is a master blender. I learned from him. Mm-hmm. This guy is still blending like crazy cigar. The thing, his style and my style is way different. For example, Robert Cowell, he and me, we, we have a whole different uh, palette. But my palette, my dad palette and Robert Cowell palette is identical. Whatever my dad makes that he thinks that is special, Robert gonna love it. He hates any cigar that I make for Aventura. It's not his flavor profile. Yeah. Matt Booth, uh, Matt Booth, he worked more, more with my brother. My brother being in the business for over 20 years. This guy... Uh, like a hitch, like a when, how do you say when you lose your teeth, like a you, like when you're around ten that you change the teeth. Like you, you know, like the middle teeth. teeth. Like, like when you lose your baby teeth. Yeah, like yeah, I think he he passed that process into a cigar factory. That okay. was my brother. Yeah, you know, and and he have a way bigger experience than me on the on the cigar factories. The things I mean, I will say from the family, I'm the only one that being more exposed to the cigar market. Okay. But all of us can blend cigars. So basically, they rely on you to go out there and, and, and be the, the visual, the person of the face, because um, they don't do it as much. <laughs> I will say, I will say any, I, I will say like uh, uh, any concerns on business uh, from the factory is on my on my shoulder. You know, buying tobacco, making any deal, you know, uh, with the tobacco suppliers, uh, with the growers, with the farmers, everything. Like, also, like, uh, we end the business on, you know, sales and everything for the factories in my charge. We act- we have a question here from the audience uh, for you, actually. It's uh, it's from John Lavelle. Did he start with... Oh, hold on, make sure I read this right. Did with- he... With the concept, I think, in terms of the names. Yeah, so did you start with the concept and then blending or the other way around when making a cigar? I will say the first three blends were blends first and then the... I will say we were we have the concept, but we just create the blend and that was what is coming next. Okay. When we create Roger Return, it was like, uh, I believe I trust a lot of the cigar consumers. Son of, I will tell you something, old school manufacturers, sometimes they think like, uh, they thought the, the, the cigar consumer, they were dumb. Like they, they don't know nothing about cigar. That was the idea of the cigar manufacturer back in the days. And that's why back in the days, People never tell the blends, they never tell the rapper, they never tell, because they don't want people to know the tobacco, and they think people are going to smoke whatever that comes into the brand without knowing what they're smoking. 
And I think that's the beauty and the amazingness of the cigar, of the boutique movement in the cigar industry. And the boutique movement is about to educate the consumers. And I trust a lot of the consumers. I believe that anyone that smokes three cigars a day, one or two or three cigars a day, they know what they like and they understand they understand cigar. They understand premium cigar. So when I was creating the Roger Return, I was like, what I'm missing on my portfolio? That was first. Secondly, um, we have this concept coming out. It should be something that match the concept. If it's a gift for the queen and a gift for the king, we have to create the best for the queen and we have to create the best for the, for the king. Right. For example, for the queen, it was like a, a delicate with character, with strength, uh, with a lot of personality. That's a queen. And and that Connecticut cigar that we have, I'm not a Connecticut fan. I'm not a Connecticut smoker. And that's fair. But I, I, I but I feel like a, a lot of people ask me for a Connecticut. I will say like, oh, this is the most delicate rapper. In, in in the war, Connecticut, Ecuadorian rapper. You know, it's very lot, delicate. This is smooth. You know, and a lot of uh, it's beautiful. And sorry, I was gonna say, and a lot of retailers will say that you know, when it comes to units sold, the Connecticut rappers are the ones that sell the most. And now, as a manufacturer, yep. would you say that's true? I mean, uh, the thing is, Connecticut. Uh, for the manufacturing, sometimes like, uh, like it's like a from go to drink coffee with milk to dark coffee with sugar, and for go from dark coffee with sugar to an espresso with no sugar. Right. That's like a that's someone that drink coffee like a, in a heavy way, you know. Right. That's that's the same for us as cigar manufacturing, like. Um, Habano dark tobacco is is like the richness of the dark tobacco. We want to feel that in our lips. We want to feel that in our tongue. You know, uh, is is something from our culture. You know, it's, Connecticut is very delicate. It doesn't add too much uh, character to a blend. It doesn't add too much flavor. It doesn't add too much strength into a blend. It's more natural with some uh, with some little touch that makes some difference on the Connecticut. So uh, Connecticut normally a lot of people doesn't like Connecticut because they feel like it's too soft, too mild, or or they experience some bitterness on their on their mouth when they smoke Connecticut. Hmm. So when I was creating the, that Connecticut blend, it was like. Uh, I want a cigar that have complexity. I, I want a cigar that is not mild cigar, more into medium with uh, with body, you know. Um, and people that like Corojo or Habano rapper can be able to enjoy that Connecticut. Interesting. So the level of creaminess and sweetness of that Connecticut, I think, marks some difference on the Connecticut that I had before. And 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 that's make that cigar unique so it, it still still tastes and smoke like a classic cigar but the experience 
of a smock that queen's per is is like yeah like a, this is some love into this cigar like it's delicate but it have character it have personality uh I, it can be a it can be a breakfast cigar, but also can be a, my all day cigar. I think I think Coop gave that that ranked high on Coop's list. Was it this year or last year? I think it was number two this year. Queen's Pearl. Listening. I don't think Coop is listening because um. Well, actually, we, and we'll and we'll get to that actually. Half wheel, half wheel, half wheel was number three last year. And and the consensus uh, top twenty five this year was number three also. Yeah, I, I and I thought Coop had it like number two as well. Um, I thought. I, I think year. so. Yeah, so I think so. So that's number two. Yeah, so that cigar yeah. has performed pretty well um, across you know the list and whatnot, and um, in the last year or so. So I mean, it, it sounds to me like success with that with that blend. Um, you know and. And from what I've seen in, in, in trends and stuff in the market too, like yeah, I mean there's there's definitely a lot of people asking for Connecticut's. Whether they're they yes. just smoke mild or they smoke everything, but they, they still like the Connecticut's. Connecticut's just there will to me it always seems like there's gonna be a demand for them. So I mean like you said, like you're not a big Connecticut smoker, but you know, blending them and ha and making them and having them available is is always important because there's always gonna be someone out there smoking them. Um since since Coop did come up I wanted to uh, I wanted to take a a slight break from from the um, from the communication uh, the uh, conversation with uh, with Henderson here, uh, and then we, we do have to hit our news uh, for the week as well. But I, I wanted to say because I did forget um, those who know Coop, whether you know him personally or you just know him from the show, uh, Coop's father did pass away this week, and uh, yeah, and I and I wanted to take the, I wanted to take a minute and. Um, and, and and just and recognize that and, and send him our, our thoughts and prayers and and uh, and our condolences. You know, we, we, we love Coop. You know, Coop is a personal friend of ours, and uh, you know he, he he he's such an amazing person. And and I know this is a, a difficult loss for him, and, and I really feel for him right now. So I, I wanted to take take a minute and and just and say that and, and to share to share that with everyone and um, and to let everyone to let him know and then let everyone know he's he's him and his family. They're in our thoughts and prayers. Um, I know it's a very sad time for him. Yep. Um, there won't be a spare notes this weekend, also because of that. There was going to be, but Coop asked me if we could if we could move that. So, uh, spare notes will not happen this weekend. It'll probably happen next weekend now, uh, as he he needs some personal time. And that was, and I told him absolutely. I mean, one hundred percent. I mean, you should you should be with them. So, I just wanted to say that you know condolences to 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 the Cooper family, um, in this difficult time. Love them so much. Um, and that is definitely difficult. I want to also hit our news segment really quick, um, which is brought to you by McAuliffe Cigars. If you head over to McAuliffeCigars.com today, you can sign up to become an official McAuliffe Ambassador. We'll get your official ambassador number and your ambassador coin, and you can sign up to be part of the McAuliffe Ambassador group on Facebook. So this week... Um, it's kind of been an interesting news week. Most of the news has been either about some releases or it's been about the, um, the NASM study that came out on premium cigars last week. 
a lot of times our new stuff is very uh, legislative based, and last week we oh get into God. it, and pe so, and I and I like to I like to share that news because it's important, and I, I want to really make sure we can educate as many people as we can on it because it is such an important issue. But we're gonna take a break from that this week. Anyone who's a baseball fan, uh, Henderson, I, I know you guys from the Dominican, you guys must love baseball. They love baseball down there. Everyone must know by now the Major League Baseball lockout has ended. Baseball is – spring training has begun, so there will be baseball this year. And just in time for the beginning of baseball season, as previously announced, the Big Poppy Firecracker from United Cigars in collaboration with El Artista um, has officially headed to stores, and it will be available. I want to say it's Monday. I think it's I think, nec yeah. next Monday. It will go on sale the, the 20th or the 21st. Uh, so those are heading to stores. Um, they they will be available soon. Definitely check that out. The Firecracker series. You know, it's a limited run series. It's always been. They've always sold out. It's always been a hit. Um, big fan of the Big Poppy line myself and the, and the and the other sizes. So really excited to, to try the Firecracker version of that. That's. It's really going to be awesome. We start earlier this year at TPE. Yep. Uh, really cool cigar. Really cool box design. If you haven't seen it, uh, definitely check that out. Uh, that's And that's our new segment for the week. Um, the Big Poppy Firecracker. Just in time for opening day. Boom. Boom. All right. That takes care of that. <laughs> so, Henderson, really quick. So, where are you right now? Um, I'm in Santiago, just uh, outside of a hotel. Oh, nice. And I just brought Ronnie. Uh also, it's like uh, this hotel have a restaurant here, uh, and there's uh, a friend of my dad on this place, and this is one of the spots that we normally hang out here in my city. Oh, okay. It looks really cool. Yeah. You guys got that blue lighting in the background. You got like this mood lighting going on. Um, yeah. I didn't know you were in the Dominican, though. So are you Ronnie's chaperone, then? Are you are you in charge of, of looking after him? Making sure he stays safe. I'm, I'm doing babysitting for Ronnie to this week. Okay. I know that... Yeah, when... He, he, he... I, I, oh, go ahead. Go I'm going gonna, gonna to show him the, the tobacco fields. I, I'm going to be doing some blending with, he, with him, you know. Interesting. So, uh, and take him to the beach to take a little tan because he's been in Detroit for so long that, you know, that his skin look like, you know, <laughs> like he's going to disappear almost. <laughs> no, we're going to get him. We're going to get him some color. <laughs> That's definitely the place to do it. I mean, yeah. it's it's nice and sunny and warm down there. It's Ronnie's got to get his speedos on. Yeah, yeah. Go. Ronnie's <laughs> gonna get into the speedo down on the beach. You know, he's gotta you gotta get into yeah. that that European lifestyle. Um, I think that ne the next one should be you. Yeah, we're 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 trying to make our way down to the Dominican. We're pretty. Light. <laughs> we're pretty we're, we we could use some color. You know, it gets dark and cold up here in New England in the winter months. We don't get a lot of sun. Uh, we definitely start we to pale out just a couple days ago. Yeah, no. we start to really pale out in the winter time. So <laughs> <laughs> now, here, here, uh, right now is is we're feeling like the heat from the summer coming in already. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Like this week, it started like uh, the temperature raise a little bit, you know. So is it is it humid down there? Or like or very humid, or is it still kind of mild? It, it, it's about 85 percent humidity right now yeah sounds yeah. terrible. <laughs> it sounds terrible to us but like it's probably nice still i'd still take that over this i mean if you're not used to humidity <laughs> if you're not used to humidity with the heat during the day and the humidity you're gonna feel like very bad very comfortable yeah 
I totally feel like that. A, like, a, to take a shower and be sweating, like, a five minutes after, like, uh... Yeah. There's, uh... It's an uncomfortable But it's good feeling. for tobacco. <laughs> it's good for tobacco. That's what matters. Oh, absolutely. Of course. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, you touched on something earlier about, you know, and this is true for a lot of the, you know, whether it's Dominican or even, like, in Cuba, because Cuba's in that same region. You know, a lot of these tobaccos and cigars, and they come from these countries with high humidity, right? So the, the cigars are, are grown, the tobacco is grown, the cigars are rolled and created in age, all in this high humidity. Then, then you ship these cigars out, and they go into the United States. And they go to parts of the U.S. like like here, where for half the year, there's very little humidity. It's dry, it's cold. You go to places like the Southwest, where it's desert, there's like no humidity. Uh, we were in Vegas for TPE, I know you were there in January. There must have been like 4% humidity there. It was so dry. I mean, I couldn't drink enough water to save my life. I mean, it was so dry. So, you know, you see these cigars go to these areas. And like you said, they're created in those areas. They're blended in those areas. You send them out. They go to these new areas. And they smoke different. They taste different. They change. You know, is, is there any way to really combat that other than just taking the best care of the cigars as possible and keeping them in the best you know, um, humidified conditions w when they get to those areas. I mean, um, uh, we, the factory, we control like, uh, the temperature and the, and the humidity level there. Just, uh, on the same way that the cigar store doing their humidors. I mean, here in stage of applied more humidity into the, Cigar, we just try to get rid of the humidity here. Right. So that's why the that's why the age room. Mm -hmm. On the age room, all the tobaccos that we use, we ha have more than four years of age. I have all the pre proper fermentation. I have all the proper fermentation, and and when you roll the cigars, it's completely fine to smoke. The what you do is. Homogenize the humidity on the cigar the first 45 days in the humidor, and then just let it age. But we humidity and temperature control, because what create like a heat and humidity create fermentation process on the tobacco. So when you have all those cigars in the age room, you don't want another uh, fermentation process to start when the cigar after the cigar is rolled. So that's why you control the temperature and the humidity there, because the cigar is ready. The blend is perfect. It's ready. Mm. So you control that. When the cigar goes inside inside the box with the cellophane and the box, and then you seal the box, the cigar have between 60 to 70 percent of humidity already. And then we have all the bobita pack on inside the box, just to control. Uh, that humidity level on the on the weight, you know, until the cigar gets in the hands of the consumers. So, um, I think it's very controlled. Uh, then that's a, a fact of the consumers when they get the cigar in their hands, uh, how they how they save the cigar, how they smoke the cigar. You know, and also th there is a lot of things that can influence on the on the experience of the smoke. Sometimes you take the cigar out of the humidor, and it's in a perfect condition, 
And then, but it's raining outside, so the humidity is very high. You know, you're going to get this uh, more humidity cigar. Or maybe it's too cold outside, you know. It's going to dry the cigar faster. You know? right. You're not going to have the same experience. So, but always it's good to keep the cigar in a good condition. Or also you can control the condition of your humidor depending on the weather that you have outside. If it's too humid, just keep your cigar below 60. Yeah, you know. So that? when the cigar go outside and you get a little bit of the humidity outside, it doesn't get too humid. You know, but if the cigar is already on 70%, and outside is 90% humidity that is raining, then you're going to have a bad experience. Yeah, you know, that's and that's a topic we don't talk enough about on the show is, is humidity. And it is such a huge thing. And I know those other manufacturers have come on and, you know, you, you don't even have to talk about rolling cigars. You don't have to talk about growing tobacco. You don't even have to talk about selling the brand. You could just bring up humidity and they'll, they'll spend the whole show just talking about humidity. And it's such an important concept. It is what keeps the cigars fresh. It's what keeps them conditioned. Um, properly maintained humidor, no matter you know, if you got a box humidor, you got a big cabinet, you got one of those coolers, whatever it is, proper maintenance on that humidor is, 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 is going to keep your cigars in the best condition possible. And not only that, but allow them to smoke and taste the way that the manufacturers created the cigars to be. Um, when, that, when, when, when you start to alter those, those variables, that's when a cigar might perform differently than it was originally intended and you might go oh this cigar is not that great well that might be true but that's because that cigar has now changed since the way the manufacturer you know originally sent it out yep one thing for example like you you should know your cigar you should know how to uh, enjoy the cigar better mm -hmm. for example in my case when i bring cigar to my house for my own enjoyment what I do, I take all the cigars out of the cellophane and I put it in the into a, a cedar humidor. Yep. Without cellophane, you're gonna age better. It's like, I like the I like to feel the notes of the cedar when it age into the you know cedar humidor. That's my my. But I always the cigar gonna age better without cellophane. And also you can control the humidity of the cigar better. Like without cellophane. If you have humidity inside the cigar, when they pack the cigar, maybe when they pack the cigar, it was a little bit too humid. The cellophane can hold a little bit of the humidity inside. So if you take the cigar, like a, you buy a box of cigar and you want to age that box, take the cigar out of the cellophane and put it back into the box and put it back or, or put it back in your humidor. And you're going to enjoy the cigar way better, have a better condition. Yeah, better taste, better everything. That's so interesting for you to say because this is a question that I see pop up a lot, especially on social media, like on groups or someone posts something and it gets, you know, it gets starts in the comments somewhere of like, oh, like, should I take the cellophane off? Do I keep the cellophane? Do I not keep the cellophane? And everyone kind of has their own opinion of their own way. Of the, like, the cellophane is to protect the cigar on the shipments. And to protect the cigar from the hum uh, different humidity and temperature change that I experience through one country to another and then from one state to another, like in a truck. And also to protect the cigar from the people that go into the cigar store and they torture the cigar. 
Right. That's why it's a cellophane because you don't want to put the cigar in your mouth that 10 people already tortured with their fingers. Right. And, and also, another thing for commercializing the barcodes, the QR code, all that that you put in the cellophane, it's easier, you know, for for the for the Retailer. uh, retailers, you know, yeah. that you came out out of the humidor with two cigars in your hands. Back in the days when cellophane and barcode didn't exist, they were like, ah, oh, you grab this cigar and they go like back to the humidor just to verify which size you pick and what price it was, you know. Now they just take the, the, the cigars, scan the, the barcode, and they know what it is. They don't have to go and recheck the cigar, what, what they have, you know. So it's to make people's life easier uh, and also to protect the cigar from temperature and people touching the cigar and all that. But seriously, the cigar always going to be better without the cellophane. But that's something now that the the person that buy the cigar control that. So, so you're saying that your suggestion, as a manufacturer to the consumer, that they should age their cigars, taking them out of the cellophane and then storing them, they will age better. Yeah, hundred percent. Interesting, interesting. That's a very interesting, uh, and I don't think anyone's actually come on the show and really explained it that way before. It is such an interesting concept. Um, and to be honest with you, it's not even something that I've thought about. I, I, a lot of times, like, now we have a lot of boxes that we're, we, we have in humidors and cabinets that we age. And, you know, never even really thought about that, like, whether we do or not. We've always just kind of left them in. But, you know, to, to hear it that way, I mean, that's really interesting. Um, I'm, not, I'm not just a cigar manufacturer. I'm also a cigar lover. I enjoy cigar. And I want to have the best experience when I am smoking a cigar. When I sit down after work, sit down in my house and have a cigar with a glass of scotch, I want to smoke the best also. Right. And I'm like a, the first critical person in my with my product, you know. And another tip, you know, cigars is a handmade product. Not a single cigar is equal to another one. The difference of the weight, you have one cigar that is more packed than another one from the same box. You know, you want you have one cigar that have a more loose draw than another one, and then you have another one that have a more tight draw. You know, and all those all those points matter in terms of uh, how you can enjoy the cigar. If you have a, a cigar that have a, 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 a draw that is a little bit more tight, you're gonna have less flavor and less strength. If you have a cigar that have a more loose draw. You're gonna have way more strength, way more flavor. That's what you're gonna experience from the same cigar. Mm-hmm. So, but there's a, there is a different. There is people that smoke fast. There's there is people that smoke slow. If you smoke fast and you have a cigar that the dry is a little bit lo- loose, you're gonna heat up the tobacco and then the cigar gonna taste way different to what you expected. Mm-hmm. When you heat up the tobacco. You can experience bitterness and you can experience uh, harshness and peppery. You know, sometimes that cigar is not too pepper, but you have a cigar that is a little bit loose. You puff the cigar too hard. You puff the cigar too hard. And then you're going to feel like a bomb of pepper. Yeah. 
So one thing that I always recommend to people is like uh, when you're smoking the cigar and you let him rest a cigar in your hand, like I hold the cigar like a half inch from the ash. Okay. If the cigar is too hot, half inch from the cigar from the ash, you are smoking way too fast. That's an that's an interesting point. No one's ever told me that. And I, I like that. And when you let the cigar cool off, when you puff the cigar and then you let the cigar rest and cool off right there, when you put the cigar back in your mouth and take another puff, is you're gonna taste more creaminess, you're gonna taste more sweetness. So that's a cigar is not just a, a habit. To smoke cigar is a pleasure, and you need to understand those details to fully enjoy your cigar. Premium cigar is not cheap. Premium cigar, you know, you pay for a luxury product, kind of, you know. Mm-hmm. But for you, for you to enjoy a luxury product that is handmade, you need to be patent, and you also need to pay attention uh, and understand that it's a handmade product, so you can enjoy that in a better way. Absolutely. Um, we are getting somewhat towards the end of the show. Uh, we have one more segment we got to hit, and then we have uh, a couple more questions for you <clears throat> before we do sign off. So our top three segment is brought to you by Room 101. Watch the Smoking Tobacco Show. Eat your vegetables. Take your vitamins. Boom. Smoke Room 101. And just so you know, Henderson, I don't know if you know this, but but Matt actually came up with that himself. So um, <laughs> that's got his name all over it. <laughs> We're gonna get the soundbite for that next. And week. then and then and then you bring the vegetable to Matt Booth, and he was like, "I don't eat vegetables, man." <laughs> yeah. it, but you say in the commercial, yeah, it was just for the commercial. <laughs> it's so true. Um, so our top three segment. <clears throat> um, you know, I wanted to. I was trying to think of something um, more unique um, to to someone like yourself, who's, who blends and is a manufacturer. Now, you you mentioned earlier that you know you don't have you you try not to you know follow the same rules as everyone else, right? You try to do your own thing. You want to be different. You want to kind of make your own path, right? Well, looking, you know, in most manufacturers, you know, they they have their own thing. They focus on their own thing, but. They look at everyone else, too. They see what other factories and, and companies and brands are doing, right? What are three things? They can be common things or they can be, like, a, a, a particular instance that you notice. But three things that um, some of your, your fellow manufacturers, competitors, or whatever you want to call them, um, things that you've seen them do before, it could be anything, anything at all, big or small, that you didn't like, that you thought, hmm, I wouldn't do that in our factory. And you don't have to name you don't have to name names either. You could just say like something you saw done. That I saw like into the cigar or what? Or, Anything. Or like it could in... be in the cigar or the way that they handle their tobaccos or the way that they do their rolling, their aging, whatever it is. Something that maybe you saw another factory or company do that you you didn't like that you thought, oh, I I wouldn't do that at our factory. But no name it. No naming names. Yeah, uh, you don't have to call anybody out. No names. It's just yeah. maybe just practices you that you saw. You were like, hmm. First thing is like uh, people that are stopped to look like into the cigar business as a passion business, like uh, to create premium premium cigar and bring that proud, proud like that pride behind the product to create something great. 
and they turned their business from like uh, a great factory more into a corporate and they just go about to make a lot of cigar and a lot of money and then the cigar or started falling from good to average of cigar yeah this is and not like a thing that I don't want to do right yeah you don't want to lose the the, the flame of what it is it's it's not about yeah. just, just selling it out it's no you're, you're doing this for the passion too it's because you love it not just because you're trying to make the quick buck yeah uh, another thing is also like um i sense a lot of companies that most of the company they started like uh supporting their uh breaking orders uh a store and then they become like a largest company, like a selling some catalogs and and more into the online press and right. and they don't show more that love to the breaking order store. And this is nothing, uh, something that I don't want to do either. I want yep. to keep the cigar. I want to keep the tradition of the cigar, you know, of people socialize into the cigar lounge. Uh, and and to create that that magic when you get into a cigar lounge, and just because another person is smoking a cigar that you like, is you can you know start a friendship from there, you know. And, and this is the people. This there is no better ambassador for a cigar brand than a retailer that face to face recommend your cigar to a consumer and explain them why you need to smoke that cigar and i think this is this is something that we need to protect every day as a cigar of as brand owners and and another thing i don't want to become a corporate I love to keep my my business like a family business. I think this is the only way that 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 you can keep making great cigar generation true generation that your son can be able to enjoy a great cigar and also to enjoy what is the real culture of the cigar business. It's not just about the tobacco. It's not just about the brand. It's also about the history and the people behind the cigar. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. So, those are awesome. Those are all very good points. Um, I would agree on a lot of those too. I mean, you know, you have all, the, all these family businesses, and like you said, it's generational. You know, it's it's stuff that you know, pick pick a family. You know, if it, I mean, is your family there's. There's so many of them, you know, the Fuente family, the Padron family, the Casada family, you know, the, P- the Perdomo family, you know, they, they all, they all have this, you know, this generational, like the next generation comes in, they learn from the generation before they, they pass the torch, they keep the family legacy alive. They, they, they continue the values that the family originally established, you know, and yeah, maybe they, they make some little changes along the way. They kind of carve their own path, but for the, but the, the overall goal is still there. Um, it's it's that the family atmosphere, it's the the family way. It's you know it's the learning of the it's the learning of the whole craft, you know from from your father or your grandfather, or your uncle, whoever it is. Um, yeah, I mean I think that's the heart and soul of the industry, really. Now cigar wise, I will never gonna make a cigar that look black like uh, all equal black. There's 
there's no tobacco in the world that is come that dark. Maybe you can have one or two leaves that get overheated in the, into into the fermentation process. Yeah. So I'm never gonna make a cigar that look like that because then I'm not using a hundred percent natural tobacco. Right. You adding something. Mm-hmm. This is nothing that you know. You're never gonna see a cigar coming out coming out of our factory looking that dark. Okay. That's one thing. I we do our best trying to keep our tobacco as more organic as possible. Another thing. I'm never going to sacrifice what we have as a concept of premium cigar to hit a trend that is like a super strong cigar. Normally, most of the very strong cigar in the market is under fermenting, under aged tobacco. There's no way that you have a four or five years old tobacco with proper fermentation, proper age, that you can have like a, a super spicy tobacco. The strength and the flavor of the of the tobacco is in the natural oil of the leaf. When you do fermentation and you age the cigar, you lose part of that oil. That, that is what makes the cigar super strong. But you get the aroma. Every time that someone lights a cigar next to you, and you see like, oh, that cigar smells so good, it because have some age on the tobacco. The H on the tobacco translate as aroma. And this is something that we never want to lose. We and, and, and another thing. The Hawaii wants an exclusive. Chris 2K said the Duke. <laughs> <laughs> the Duke's ransom. They want a Hawaiian exclusive. So <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> That's funny. So that's 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 the thing with the with the age and the tobacco. Like another thing, for example, you know, for me, there's three things that that make a premium cigar: good construction, uh, a good age and the tobacco that you don't feel like a nothing you throw next day after you smoke a cigar. And you can enjoy the aroma, and you can enjoy the balance of the tobacco and the complexity, a good blend. Right. The complexity of a good blend. Mm-hmm. There's three things that make a premium cigar. And and how, how you can tell another thing from, from something that I was explaining to you, the, the, the flavor and the strength of the cigar is on the natural oil of the, of the tobacco. And you for sure experience that when you have a cigar in your humidor with a cellophane, that the cellophane, after three years, you take that cigar out of, out of the aging room, out of the humidor, and you pull the cigar out of the cellophane, you see that golden color on the cellophane. What do you think it is? The oil from tobacco? That's, that's, that's the oil that, from the tobacco. And then yeah. you smell that, then you smell the, the, the cigar. And you, you see, you say like, "Oh, that cigar smells like heaven. Like that's the best smelling tobacco that I ever have in my life. That cigar should smoke like, like, like the glory. Like that, that, that should be the best cigar that I got. Then you cut the cigar, and you have a big expectation that you're gonna enjoy that cigar so bad. 
And then you light the cigar, and the cigar doesn't have the flavor and doesn't have the strength that you expect because you smell something way different on the foot of the cigar. Guess what? All the flavor was on the cellophane, all that oil that you lose through the years. Mm-hmm. But there is a perfect point of aging for tobacco. Too strong is not the best. Too strong is not the best. Yeah, you got you got to hit it right in the right in the middle, right in the sweet. And, it, and it's I've seen people who hold on to cigars for so long that they get past that point. And it's almost like whether or not they were aged enough or whatever, but they hold on to these cigars and then they get to a point where they start to drop off. And then by the time they get to smoking them, their best smoking years have already passed. And now you're smoking yep. a cigar that should have been great, but it's it's sat around for so long that now you've started to lose the strength and the flavor and everything else like you just said. And then, especially like really high-end cigars, sometimes you know people buy these high-end cigars, and you know they don't want to burn through them quick. They were expensive. They're nice, so they hold on to them as long as they can. And then what happens is, you know, now these cigars are eight, nine years old. You go to smoke them, and they're not as good as they should have been because they've been around for too long. Uh, it, yep. it's, it's definitely something that I, I agree, and I've seen that from time and time again. I, and I made the mistake of doing it a few times myself, but you know, I, I learned. You know, there's just there there are there are some cigars that should be smoked faster than others in terms of you know yes. how long you hold on to them because because they will they'll they'll lose they'll lose that strength and complexity uh, over yeah. time it's it's so true um so but we are running out of time here um I and I always hate to cut it short because you know we always have such a great time on the show but um the show has to come to an end eventually <laughs> um but one more question I wanted to ask you before we wrap up. Um, cause we're, we're almost getting into the preseason of, of PCA. Uh, will you, will you be exhibiting at PCA this year? Uh, we have a new line that is coming, uh, this year. It's going to be like, uh, the second chapter of Aventura. Okay. Uh, we already like the first chapter was like, uh, we explore, we navigate, we conquer, then we bring back the Roger return. And that was the end of the first chapter. Now we bring in something new, more refresh to the brand. Uh, also, the concept is changing a little bit, and, and also the bl- the the blending style is a little bit different. Also, okay. And, so, we'll, and we'll see that at, at PCA in July. At, P- at PCA. Nice. Okay. Yeah, and we have then uh, a few limited editions that we're gonna be doing. Oh, interesting. Nice. So you guys got some. Uh, you definitely have a couple of irons in the fire over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We have about three new products coming out this year. <coughs> three Five. new products. Okay, nice, nice. Well, we really look forward to seeing that. I mean, so far everything has just been. It's been great for you guys. You guys have uh, had such a hell of a run so far, um, and and the cigars are great. You know, I love that cigar. It was, it was really, it was really like right in the middle. You know, it was it was a little sweet. A little bit of spice, burned just right. It wasn't too tight. It really was. It was right, right in that sweet spot. It was very enjoyable. Um, I liked it, and I like the size too. That size is really nice. That's I've been getting into smaller ring gauges lately. Uh, for a while, I was such a, a bigger ring gauge smoker, and now I find myself enjoying more of the smaller ring gauges uh, and really just enjoying more of the f- the flavors um, of the cigars rather than you know just having it so much so much filler in the middle. 
um, you know, versus the wrapper and binder. That 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 smaller ring gauge, you know, you get you just get such a better um, flavor and handle on on the blend itself. Um, yeah, the dipness of the flavor and the concentration of the flavor is uh, way, absolutely. way, way yeah. more better. So I've been smoking a lot more smaller ring. That was a great size. I love that cigar. Um, we actually, that's the cigar we got. I think we saw you at the Great Smoke. I think that's the cigar we got. So, um, yeah, it was great. Nice. Um, but nah. hey, I was going to say, so, sorry, I, lo I lost my train of thought there. Um, <laughs> I kind of went off the rail there. Um, but no, so, that, no, cigar was great. It was awesome to have you on the show. We really appreciate it. It, w it was it was a great time. We, we you know we'd love to have you on again. Um, right before we go, we have one thing we want to mention um, for March twenty eighth. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean yes, March twenty eighth. But <laughs> we also have. Um, that was my way of like <laughs> hinting Nicole. Like I'll let you take this one. This is what it's about. <laughs> anyway, um, well we have next week's guest first on the show, which is Tony Bellotto will be on the oh, show Tony. next week. I'm excited for um, that. So that'll be great. And then the 31st, we actually have Hector Alfonso from Espinosa on. Um, but on the 28th, um, for viewers listening, we are finally launching our raffle um, for the Cigar Family Charitable Foundation. So last year we raised $7,000. This year we are going to try to raise $10,000 for them. Um, so our raffle will kick off. Um, our website will go live for that. And for eight weeks, you can buy raffle tickets. Um, we have some amazing prizes we actually haven't received yet yet our prizes from fuente that will be in the donation for up for grabs but we got i spoke to liana today <coughs> they should be coming soon so but, it's coming. But, but they will be in there. so on the 28th we're going to do a kickoff video where we showcase all of the prizes and for those of you who don't know we had over 50 prizes to win last year and a lot of it was very rare and exclusive opus from the Fuente family, as well as some other fabulous prizes. Um, there was a uh, there was some things from Drew Estate. There was a brick house humidor from J.C. Newman. Yep. Uh, Casa Cuevas donated some things. Um, in this LFD, John Carney put in a, a, a box of uh, Andalusian bulls. Um, and this year we have so many more prizes, oh and yeah, we, we have, have a have very more. special one which didn't even cross my mind. We didn't even plan for this to happen but um our friend jay davis from blue smoke of dallas also donated a box of daniel marshall um the 30th anniversary the 38th anniversary so that box of cigars is worth 1500 dollars. so that alone is one it's prize. a whole it's a whole set that's a too. whole set itself yeah it comes and with a and it comes with a virtual uh, herf with daniel marshall himself there's um, a, a t it's an invitation to join his campfire club, which is yeah. an exclusive Daniel Marshall club. There's a cigar in there with two grams of 24 karat gold on it in that box, which is probably why it is so expensive. Um, but that alone is one prize. So also, John Carney has uh, John Carney has informed us. We was gonna save this a little bit for a surprise, but I'm gonna let it out there. So LFD. Um, on his behalf, he's going to be donating, I think, a couple boxes of bowls, but he's also including a chance to the winner. Uh, I don't know if it'll all be together or how we're going to do it, but um, so one of the prizes from La Flor Dominicana is going to be the opportunity to blend your own cigar. So he is going to offer up to the winner a chance to blend their own cigar. They will make the cigar and they will send them to them. So just so you know, last year it was amazing and there were so many prizes and so many winners. Somehow this year it's going to be even better. I, oh, I it's didn't even be think how we could talk last you, year. If you remember <laughs> last year, if you were part of it, you donated or whatever, 
just think of whatever that was last year and multiply it times three, and that's where we're at. It's so much bigger. It's so much more involved. The prize, there's so many more prizes. Um, and all the money that you donate will go to charity. Absolutely, and that's thing. what it's all about. And we raised $7,000 last year, and we really want to smash that goal. We want to smash past that and make even more money for these kids. And uh, Nicole and myself um, will be going down to the Dominican later this year yep. and visiting with the Fuente family and going to the schools to, to see the kids and, 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 and where all this money and goes to. And also make some videos to show you where this donation money goes. So, yeah, and, and, share, with, and share with everyone like where all this goes. So we just wanted to make sure we let you guys all know it's coming. We're really excited. Uh, we really hope you guys are all excited. I know a lot of people were really, you know, on board with it last year. So just wanted to bring that up. But Henderson, thank you for being here. Thanks for waiting through all that. Yeah. Um, thank you for being here. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, and we'll see you guys all next week. Take care. Bye, everyone. Man, pleasure to see you, man.